we start with uh, momentous news. You know, human history is littered with uh, feats of achievement like uh, the pyramids of Giza. Putting man on the moon. Man on the moon. Taj Mahal, the mm. Colosseum. Hanging guards of Babylon. Exactly. You know, these, these, these feats of engineering and community consultation that bring together things thought impossible. And today we add to that list the Crows headquarters at Thebiton. <laughs> Premier Peter Malinowskis, good morning to you and, and congratulations. <laughs> good morning, Will. Good morning, Dave. Yes, this has been going for a while, this one, but hopefully we're there now. You're going to get kicked out of the Port Adelaide Cheer Squad at this rate, aren't you, Premier? Yeah, uh, I, I did cop a few peculiar text over the course of the weekend, so it's fair to say, but no, no, this is the right thing to do. It's been a long time coming. So. Well, one other Port Tragic who's been passionately pushing for it too is none other than the local member, Tom Coots and Tonus, uh, who made a good point over the weekend, I thought, saying that this has actually never been public space for as long as his children have been alive. His girls have never been able to go down and, and play there at Thebiton Oval, so this is actually about opening something up to the community. Exactly. So if you wanted to go and use Debbie Oval this morning and walk around on a cracking Adelaide Springs day, you just wouldn't be able to get in, plain and simple. But uh, through this investment and, you know, a reworking of the plan and, and credit to John Olsen and the Crows for being able to accommodate a few of the, the concerns that locals had, we've been able to get a, a better outcome here. So this will now become openly available green space. King's Reserve, when that's completed, will be available for the public to use as well. A lot of trees are being saved. So... A lot of hard work gone in from um, the local MP, Tom, and, and that local community. They, they raised some legitimate issues, and I think they went about some of their advocacy quite pragmatically in the end, which is to their credit, and, and they'll get a better outcome as a result. Premier, what did the, the $15 million that taxpayers tipped in at the end do to placate those local residents? What, what did it do that wasn't included in the, in the initial scope of work? Okay, so there's, there's two elements. Um, well, the first thing is, in terms of King's Reserve, uh, originally the Crows plan had a lot more trees being lost. The Crows had a, a legitimate aspiration to have a, a an oval that, you know, basically exactly replicates the MCG, MCG in terms of its formation. The compromise now is that it will be an oval that will reflect Marvel Stadium. Um, so still be pretty significant in size and, you know, of a professional standard. But that... That reorientation allows for a lot more of the mature trees to be able to be saved. We have committed $15 million to the Crows to be able to build the facility. That matches the Commonwealth Government's um, $15 million that they're putting in. But then separately to that, we're investing $10 million into that public realm. So I think walking paths, um, cycling paths, making sure that trees are replaced one for one, so there's no net loss of trees. So and those elements, amongst a couple of others, like principally, it was the the access to green space around the clock, which is what locals wanted, and I don't blame them. Premier, two questions rolled into one here. Um, and the first one, serious. What would you say to port supporters who go, "Well, hang on a minute, you're giving fifteen, potentially twenty five, all up to the to the Crows project? What's in it for Alberton?" And also, yeah. what would you say to people who aren't sport nuts? who are more worried about things like the ramping story we did on Friday at the QEH and go, why, why, yeah. why is government spending money on this kind of stuff at all? Okay, so the first part to your question, I mean, we've made clear that, you know, we're not in the business of playing favourites. Uh, we're matching the Commonwealth Government um, funding in respect to the, the Crows. And if Port have a proposition in due course that would see to a better outcome for the local community, then we'll hear that and judge it on its merits, as we have with the Crows, we're, 
we're actually a pretty small contributor as a state government to these types of programs. If you look um, on the eastern states, the Victorian government, the New South Wales government, the Queensland government have thrown a lot more money at their AFL clubs, a lot more money at their clubs than, than what we have. They have to maintain a standard. But the other element we haven't talked about is the Crows women's side. I mean, this is one of the most successful teams of any code that we've got in the state. There's been seven AFLW premiership. The Crows have won three of them, and they don't have a home. So this will now give the Crows women's side a home. Now, why does that matter? And this is in respect to the other funding question. I think it's well documented that this state government has poured in billions of extra funding towards health, and we continue to do so. Uh, in fact, the, the level of expenditure that we're pouring in only goes up, particularly as more beds are opening up as we build them, and that requires more staff, more nurses, more doctors. But we've got to start turning our minds to prevention as well. Now, we even got young people taking up physical activity in the volume that we need to if we're going to have them lead a healthy life, kids watching too much things on screens. Uh, we're going to get kids off screens, and we're going to get them outside doing things healthy. And young kids get inspired by professional footy teams. Um, they get inspired when they have active green space they can use. So this is a, a an investment in getting kids off screens and getting active as much as anything else. And and it's a pretty modest investment in the context of the cost associated with people not being healthy. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we've also got John Olsen, the chairman of the Adelaide Football Club, on the line. Uh, John, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, guys. The compromises that the club have to make, in, in your view, they haven't uh, eroded the importance and the, 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 the workability of, of what's going to be built there at Thebiton now? No, it doesn't. Uh, I think this is a win-win uh, for the club and also the local community. It does not compromise uh, our training and administration facility. It does not compromise uh, the Thebiton Oval realignment. Uh, its size will be that of uh, Adelaide Oval. In other words, it'll replicate uh, Adelaide Oval. We'll have a small training oval uh, on the northern end of Thebiton Oval uh, until the tunnels are completed, and then when the eastern part of uh, the land acquired for the tunnels is returned, we will be able to, as the Premier has indicated, uh, put a oval the size of uh, Marvel. Um, we originally wanted MCG size, and uh, we have changed that to Marvel for a couple of reasons. Uh, the slip tunnel, uh, slip lane rather, coming out of the tunnels meant uh, there wasn't the width uh, available to us to do MCG size. And in addition to that, it enabled the western part of King's Reserve to be carved out of the lease area, and that would be retained as uh, with their skate park, uh, playground, uh, the trees that the Premier's mentioned will be uh, retained. And so instead of something like uh, 70 uh, trees plus trees being removed, it's down to 10. And what we have promised is that we will replace every tree that's removed will be replaced by three and we'll be planting something like 277 trees in the precinct. In terms of the overall cost to the club, is there a, is there a final hard figure, John, for how much it's going to cost the, the Adelaide Football Club? And have you got the money to pay for it yourselves or are you going to have to go on some massive... You know, get Warren Randall to ring all his rich mates and, and whip up as much money as, <laughs> well, you, as you can over the next couple of years. 
Well, it'll be certainly uh, certainly that outcome. Um, <laughs> the price has gone up, uh, the cost, rather, has gone up. Uh, we've been in negotiations now with the government for about 12 or 15 months, and it's been a really professional, uh, solution-based, focused approach by the government to get us there. And uh, we certainly appreciate that and the support of the government. So there's federal government funding, state government funding, AFL funding, um, in addition to that, uh, we will be uh, raising funds. For example, we've gone out uh, prior to this announcement and we've secured about $3 million in donations from individuals contributing to it and we're going to ramp that up and we hope to get in excess of $10 million, and that's towards the total cost of uh, the project of $100 million. Mm-hmm. And when's it going to be finished? Um, our target is to have the women play their first game there in the season 25 and move into the headquarters uh, as a target date of February, March 2026. Hmm. Hey, John, you reckon the AFL could be partners in this as well? Uh, by that I mean, you know, now that the MCG-sized oval's not going to be there to practice on, maybe they could give you the opportunity to play on the real one occasionally. <laughs> And that's been a basis of discussion since round 23. We ought to be, we ought to be having greater uh, main deck uh, experiences in Melbourne rather than going to Lordstown and Ballarat and Geelong and Darwin. Absolutely right. <laughs> yep. Absolutely right. Good stuff. Premier Peter Malinowskis and Crows chairman and former Premier as well, John Olsen. Thank you uh, both very much for joining us this morning. Let us know what you think, folks. Eight double two three double O double O. So February 2025. First women's game there, and uh, March 2026, 20, we can all go and have a, a pint and a palmy. What Fantastic. Thank God it's over. Mm. It's done. Sounds good. The tree, his tree answer was good, because that's, that's the main criticism now, is yeah. all the trees that are going to go. Is like, well, they are going to go on the short term. And the $15 million, you know, not to, this sounds like I'm downplaying it, but the $15 million extra is to, to, to the landscaping effectively, yeah. that, that makes it the pretty green Bike space tracks. Yeah, that people can use. And it's hugely important because that side of town is where the Parklands Mafia mm. are hilarious. Like, you know, talking all the time about, oh, what are they doing to the Parklands? You go to the eastern Parklands, it's superb infrastructure over there. Oh, for people it's who magnificent. Want to exercise and walk, ride their bikes, walk their dogs. Like, the, the western Parklands have, have, have just been a, a, a windswept mm. wasteland for years. Yes. So some proper community, grassroots, sports-oriented infrastructure for the inner west is exactly what that part of town sorely needs. It's going right. to be good. David Penberthy and Will Goodings, 6 to 9, 5AA Breakfast.